Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the heroic heart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today I have Miss Sherry Scott. How are you doing hey, today? Everybody. I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Like your shirt. Thank you. You're brand ready. I am brand ready. See, I had I was brand ready for the other one, but I wore my other shirt the other day, so I just came with a different shirt. I repping somebody else. I, I can't remember. It. The guy, I met him at church, and he had this. He was a visiting pastor, so I bought it just to support him. So, um, you enjoying the summer? I, You know what? It has officially started. I'm not off. I'm always on. But uh, my children are home, so it's exciting to be able to kind of balance out my schedule a little bit to, yeah. to allow them to enjoy their summer. Yeah, because my son, he's going to be with me for, uh, for the summer, and, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. Listen, just yeah. go to parks and yeah, that's everything what, that's, is happening in the city. That's what he want to do is just go play basketball all day long. But my son is not an outdoor playing basketball. Well, tell him they got some kids he, too. But, yeah, he, he I signed him up. He got summer school, so that kind of affects some of the stuff. Um, I signed him up for a basketball league. He start, It was supposed to start tomorrow, but it's going to start in July. So I got to figure out what we're going to do for this little month. But we've been training. He, he don't really like me. Ah, you do you that coach? <laughs> no, it ain't even that. It's just I don't think he understands the importance of conditioning, other oh, yeah. all the other stuff besides just scoring the ball. Yeah, you got to do pre work. Yeah, well, so. that's how it is. My son and my husband they had football uh, uh, training, I guess, yesterday, and so they're walking into that season because he's entering football. This is a new sport for him, so I can oh, imagine he is eight. Oh, my son, he did. He, he did. Um, he did flag in about three weeks in. That, no, he wanted to do it. good. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll see where it goes. Yeah. That's what I, I'm like. Because we'll a lot see. of kids is, is different. I think he just, he not, he, yeah. he, he likes skin. What they got to do with anything? Nothing. No, nothing. <laughs> but yeah. What you trying uh, to say? We don't, we don't like the. Uh. No, he, he just, he, that's just not him. I knew he wouldn't because I, he's literally a little me. Okay. And I was like, well, he tried it. That's he tried it. Yeah, so he's like, oh, I want to play tackle. No, let's let's try flag and see if he like that. Cause it's the stuff that you got oh, yeah. to do. Yes, yeah. I knew that. Cause I it's meant. Cause his. Uh, Cause I went to practices. They said it was eighty percent mental, twenty percent physical, which it is. Cause if you don't know your routes, if you don't know how to turn and do all yeah. this different stuff, so it's it's a lot on the kid. But they got a lot of great football programs here. And I give yes, them that. Football do. is different than basketball. Yeah. Like I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. No, you're right. It is lots of opportunities. That's why we truly love Indianapolis. So excited. Uh, you love Indianapolis. I wouldn't say we. I don't know. It's who, a love, who, who, really. Who. I would say who we. You. This is my family. I, I, I family. like it. It's cool. Okay. I think uh, I have different opinions on things here in Indianapolis, yeah. but yeah, for the most part, it's cool. I ain't gonna say that. It helped me become an adult. And if I didn't move here, I don't know if I would have my son. So that's how I look at it. That's right. Blessings come out of every situation, always. Yep, they sure do. It's either a lesson or a lesson. I'm telling you, yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> so you're in education. You've been in education your whole long time. Yeah. Um, was that something that you wanted to do as a child? Actually, it was. Uh, so I okay. was. Okay, uh, all the women wanted to be teachers. You now. know what? I did. Teacher or nurse, I did. I, I, those were my, my areas of love. Um, and so teacher really hit me when I used to set up my dolls and play school with my sisters, and then um, I met my first principal who was phenomenal. I mean, she dressed up every day, and I was like, she's so pretty. And the way she just commanded the room, and I was like, I want to be like her. And so all of my family had that same principal in my elementary uh, school growing up, so it was nice because she knew my family. Mm -hmm. And that's, she really, uh, but that's why representation matters. Uh, she really influenced me, and that's why I wanted to be not only just a teacher, but also to uh, to see a principal and mm. got in my role in my journey. So the last person I asked, she said she wanted to be a, a teacher when she was little. Me, on the other hand, not a piece of teaching was in my plans. Mm -hmm. um, that's crazy, though. Like, I was telling her the same thing. Like, a lot of teachers, they wanted to be teachers when they were younger. Oh, yeah. Like, And it's crazy when you see kids play teacher. It's like, and then they act like you. Like, my kids would really oh, yeah, say stuff, and I'm like... <laughs> Oh, wonder what they say when they go home because you know as a teacher 
you don't say well some teachers probably do but i don't say nothing crazy i say close to borderline but you gotta be a little you gotta show kids you're a little off oh yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta show kids that you ain't got it all but that's <laughs> <laughs> a little edge to you, you that's right because if it, if you don't they'll walk all over you these kids yes. Ooh, listen, Thanks. second and third graders, especially second graders, y'all, they, ooh, Lord. Listen, I had a moment yesterday. Uh, I attended Pike High School graduation, mm -hmm. and that was my last class that I taught fifth grade. Mm -hmm. That was actually my last class I taught teaching mm -hmm. until I transitioned to administration. And that's the memory lane we went down uh, yesterday. Uh, and it was so funny because they remember so much stuff that I didn't even know I said. But we laughed because I told them, I was like, now look how you turned out. Yeah. You know, but no, I was always uh, straightforward with them. Yeah. I just had my son and having them and my students are always like my children. They, yeah. they know I called them my children. And so um, being my forever student, it was just special to yeah. see them transition into life. So honestly, that's like full circle of why, too, is when you see them grow up and you, you don't realize what they will become because they're sitting in a classroom as a fifth grader. And I tell them, like, y'all all adults now. Like, y'all, yeah. you know, we have, we're now we're shifting the conversations to, like, life. And, you know, I have a few students that have uh, kids now. So now parenthood and just being proud of them about, you know, careers and college and all those things. And so it's, it's, it's really been a joy. It is. It yeah. more came out of, of, the, um, of the experience than what I expected back then when I played with my dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It is, like, good to see kids and good to see them um like doing good stuff or even oh, just yeah. seeing them even if you haven't seen the kid in a while so like i would go to the detention center and speak and it's been a long time since i've done that and this kid still to this day uh, see me and be like what up man how you doing and I'm, hold on who, who are you because yeah. you never know how kids are and i'm like oh okay oh yeah i don't remember them per se mm -hmm. but i remember being there and it's like good when kids can remember something you said or something you did that they still can remember years later because i know my kids they will repeat um what would i say i would say what the bazoozles and because they're kindergartners and they always would be <laughs> one, one kid they always were like he would just say it, and i'm like oh he probably go home and his parents they say it, yeah. yeah oh yeah. Okay. but that's but I can see the joy from you just saying that, like seeing them students. You probably cried. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did, because all I could think about, and I told them, and I still have their pictures, so I said, all my students are tired. I still have my classes. So it's, I sent it to them, and they were just like, wow. And, you know, and it, it is joy, because, I mean, you know, every child is not going to be your cookie cutter, what people <laughs> consider to be perfect. And I was like, I don't want that. I never wanted to teach perfect. I was yeah. like, let's, 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 let's teach with, with joy and open-mindedness and just and just have fun with it because they all i'm just so proud of all of them i really am and they know that like i love them so much and i'm grateful to the parents and that's why i told the parents yesterday i'm grateful that you all trusted me to be able to guide your child in the season in their life and the fact that they still wanted to continue the, the bond of contact you know because a lot of times you know you got teachers that are rubbing around like i don't even want to talk to you after i leave your class yeah. you know and so for me that does feel good because they do want to continue and they have kept me updated on things they've done and so many of the kids names that was called yesterday i'm like y'all still in the area so it's good to know that they didn't leave you know the district and they're, they're still following along it's like it was like 10 of them and i was like yeah. wow and they were all still together so i think that's just so special and it, it did i always cry graduations yeah. so very special yeah, to me i don't know if i will cry i probably will because I'm a crier when other people cry. Yeah. And I know her, her yeah. mama going to cry, cry, ugly cry. Oh, yeah. And you think about the journey. I mean, yeah. you know, because you know, I mean, it's a testimony. And then for a lot of the students, too, they they had to learn and had to do high school in the pandemic. So you having to be at home on a, on a device yeah. for several hours and, like, the experience that you wanted to just even build relationships with people or get to know your teachers, you're doing it through a screen. So even with that, my hat's off to them because that was a barrier that they had that we didn't experience. Yeah. So I'm just, I mean, really, um, they're a special group. They really are. And if you say adversity, they definitely have faced adversity. <laughs> yeah, like, kid, kids definitely face adversity. I think more so when you're a teacher see it oh like you see like real live stuff go on with kids and it's like it's all right man you you having a bad day i get it Correct. i understand go go put your head down Facts. you are yeah. you off you yeah. you can take the day off you still here but like because i don't think people realize i don't think people give kids grace like we have bad days as adults 
we have mental health days. We mm -hmm. self-care. But if a kid come to us, they, oh, no, you need to go do this because you're a child. And I think that's the separation of generations from when I was a kid is do as I say. Do, 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 do. You have no opinion. You're a child. And it almost made you feel like, not saying my particular parents, but that age group, that, that era, like you really didn't have a say-so to nothing. It's like you just had to do it because you was a kid. But, okay, I ain't eating at home. Y'all want me to come here? I'm hungry. Right. What you do when you hungry? I'm mad. I'm ready to slap somebody when I'm hungry. So if they hungry, you want them to come in here and learn? Nah, we got to be more realistic to when it comes to children and giving them, like I said earlier, grace. Because God give us grace, we got to give them yes, grace. And, but you know what, though? I think, again, as hard as the um, the pandemic was with tragedies, it also exposed a lot of, a lot of um, behaviors that we carried that were not necessarily the best. And so I agree with that. And so a lot of times, you know, I, I grew up old school, too, from the South. Mm -hmm. you know, born and raised in Georgia. And so I'm grateful for my structure. Because uh, I definitely got structure, they definitely got rearing. Uh, they didn't play no games, yeah. and you know, in hindsight, I, I, I appreciate that because that's what what I feel is necessary for for kids. You need to teach structure. Yeah, you need to teach consistency. You know, you have to you know be firm and fair with them, but being consistent in what you expect from them too. But then, like you said, on the other side, allowing them to be able to share their voice. Now, don't be disrespectful in your response, and that's something I always share with any of my students, and especially my kids as well. Don't be disrespectful in your response because I want to hear you and validate you, but I also want you to understand that you you do have a level, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, and that level is and you are a child. And also, too, we want to make sure that we help build you to understand how to have those conversations and know that it's okay to express yourself. But I do agree with that wholeheartedly um, because a lot of times we're shutting children off from sharing what they really feel and the things that are happening. Because many times I had plenty of my children used to call, but they know. My kids never were, and that's probably why they do like so much. I used to make sure they ate. You know, we have we had celebrations. I'ma feed them food. Why? Because they're hungry, yeah. and so we're going to eat. But it was like a thing of just nurturing them. And when you nurture them, they want to work hard for you. Yeah. And that was never an issue because I got told us like I like snacks too. We gotta eat. Yeah. You you know you tired. I'm tired too. So they knew. I used to always sit in my room like I actually had like a cute couch. I could sit up like this. But I had a rug, had couches, so they know if you did need to take your rest, nobody questioned it. Why? Because you recognized your classmate was tired. And then when they got up, it was time to work. So, but that didn't require a like embarrassment or yeah. belittling the child because at the end of the day, you don't know where they come. They came from or what they're going to go to home to when they leave you. So I always prayed over them and asked God to cover them in their space and thank them for being for coming. And they showed up. They just showed up every day. Yeah. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they did. I think. With what you just said, adults got to realize you can't disrespect kids. No. Because with the, cause I'm the same way with my kids. You, hey, you can talk, like, but don't be disrespectful. But sometimes adults are disrespectful because they look lesser at a kid. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. And it's like, you can't do that. Because these kids is these kids will make you want to fight them. Well, many they, of them will go yeah, there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, they, I mean, but again, behavior is communication. They yeah. just, you're, you have to teach children and train them how to respond. But for many, if your response is to lash out, they are going to do that. Yeah. But but also they're not thinking of, of, of you in that moment as an adult. They're thinking of you. They're going to put that wall up on you already. Yeah. They're looking at you as you are disrespecting me. You're violating my space. And so, therefore, that's why you get the, the quick response. Or you yeah. may get the attitudes and, you know, disrespectful um, words and all those things. They do do that. I mean, but honestly... The adults have to be transparent as well, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes when you're talking to your, you know, your friend or your mate or whatever the case may be, some of those words pop off and be disrespectful too. So we have to just realize that children are always watching us. And so we have to teach them the way we, we want to be treated because ultimately we're the ones that's supposed to guide them uh, to become who we are. It's because when we sit down and we retire, you know, they're supposed to be the ones to take the torch. If they don't see a model, then they can't. They're only mirroring what they see. Yeah. So you've been in education um, for a while, and you went from the South where there's more us, more melanin down there, so there's going to be more melanin in the schools. Um, you come up here to um, Indiana. Yeah. <clears throat> it ain't too many. It's a small portion. It's, it's a small portion. So what is your take on the importance of a black person in schools because 
I feel like I worked in a school and they just let me go. And I feel like because I'm me in a certain, and I'm just me. Like I don't, I'm not coming in to, uh, to follow how you want me to look, mm -hmm. but I'm coming in to follow what you need me to do yeah. as in get these, these kids, the results they need. But I feel like maybe I talk a certain way or I look a certain way or I joke, you know, just be a certain way. But what do you think the importance of um, black teachers in the school? Yeah, so um, you're, you're accurate. Uh, I grew up all black school leaders, all black teachers. Um, my high school, we probably had uh, two white students, but they were the best. They were the best. Um, great bonds, but you know, and even in high school, um, like I said, I saw African American leadership. So that's why I was um, I wasn't new to to that because I recognized like, okay, regardless of what your uh, race may be, the role that you have mm -hmm. is I mean it is I mean it's an important role you're leading the school. And so of course when you go anywhere else, you think that you will see the same thing. And that was new for me uh, because it was not. Um, that space, but that's how I also knew um, as I was teaching that eventually I would become a school leader. That I knew I wanted to get into administration because I was like, this is a gap. And so Indianapolis is definitely home. And so I knew, okay, I'm not going back to Georgia. Um, that wasn't, you know, the, that's not the plan right now. But I knew that if I'm going to make myself comfortable in this space and also too, am I going to help the education landscape? I want to get to, into leadership because I know it's necessary. Uh, because we do need to be in those spaces to make some decisions. And and quite naturally, because we're speaking for a voice of a group of students that are, that have needs. I mean, we are. And I think a lot of times in this space, people want to box us into what, what traditional um, education looks like. But I also tell people too, I grew up with old school teachers. So the structures of education came from, you got home at school. And whether you wanted or not, so you know they they gonna check on you, they gonna check you, they gonna nurture you, they're gonna do all those things. And so culturally too, many of my teachers, they and and my uh, principals also, they lived in the neighborhood. So like we all knew where they stayed at. Like we all knew, you know, they were immersed in it. So they lived on the street from the elementary school. So it wasn't uncommon. And so therefore, their commitment to the community was there because they lived in it. Mm -hmm. And so I also think that plays a part too because even if you are not an educator of color, how do you build a connection with students? How do you get to know them? Do you spend time at their schools? You know, for many, do you take an opportunity to attend their churches or, you know, sports events and those things? But um, the presence of um, of African-American educators is critical to me. And I think people don't realize when you do have African-American educators in a space, it's not just for our children. It supports everything. It does, because that's just the nature of our culture. Our culture, we support everybody. Yep. We do. I mean, we will put ourselves, our focus last to make sure everybody else is good. And I think right now we're dealing with this education that it is basically recognized that the shortage is high of, um, of African-American educators because we're tired and burned out. And so mm, I, I mean, yeah. and I can, you know, say that transparently because I know what it felt like. I mean, I think a lot of times too, when you work so hard to do so well, you, you seek, to, not to say seek to please, but because ultimately those who will make the difference, that will, it will impact, will be the students. They feel it. But I think also too, we got to look at in terms of just like humans, we all desire, you know, to receive praise. We all desire to see report, support. And I think, um, you know, as educators, we already financially don't get the, the support that we need. And many of educators, and I was too, work second job. I mean, that's hence why I started my business. But, you know, and I, that's all I've known. We have to. And we shouldn't have to do that to supplement uh, income. You know, because the primary job that we have is we're molding the world. Yeah. And we're molding the world in eight hours a day. And then it's like, okay, I'm giving to 25 plus kids. And then if you have a family, you're going home and you have to pour yourself into another group of people, you know, that you live with every day. And so if you have to work a second job, somebody's not getting all of you. And, you know, I think I, that's the one of the prayers that I have for where we are right now, education, because I do want people to recognize the value that we have, which, as you can see all over news and media and in and, and, 
and all these webinars and everything else about wanting to recruit, you know, educators and educators of color. And I think the thing is, people don't want to have a transparent conversation as we were already there. Yeah. How did you treat us while we were there? You know, and did you see um, support us the way we should? Because we should not be the bouncer. We should not be, you know, of course, you're educated to teach knowledge and give curriculum. But <laughs> some people, no, seriously, it's like that. I mean, I no, had my fair share. No, listen, listen. I, I understand. <laughs> you know? Because especially being I mean, a black man, like, in a school, because it's oh, not yeah. too many. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you send send them kids to them. Yeah. And it's, that's cool, but send the kids when they do good, too. That's right. Don't just because send them when they right. do bad. Send them when they do good. That's right. Because I, <clears throat> I learned, because I used to be rah-rah. Like rah rah rah, you know, you kind of get that, and then I like I just have a comment. I I break it down to the simplest. Student come to me, what you crying for? I don't like being yelled at. Okay, so why were you getting yelled at? Cause I wasn't doing this and such. So if you were doing what you were supposed to, would you got yelled at? No. So what should you do? Go back and do what I'm supposed to. Okay, it's just that. It's, it's, just, that, it's just that it's simple. But like you were saying, those that aren't melanin that don't look like us. Don't they're not in the culture, or if you're in the culture, you're in the culture to try to be cool, but not learn the culture to actually be able to communicate, Correct. to be able to Correct. understand. Because if you come from the other side of the tracks and you teaching kids that's from from the hood, you, they nothing no relate. No, they can't relate to that. Mm -hmm. You you can't relate to them. Their struggles is different than yours. Even if you're from a, not even maybe the hood, but maybe you live down the street. Your struggles are a little different. You might not even understand because there's kids that go through stuff. I ain't never have to go through that. Oh, life. yeah. Oh, yeah. But then oh, yeah. it's like when you don't connect yourself, how can you expect them to connect? Because kids, they want to trust you. They want to know that you care. Thank you. If you don't show that you care and you just there trying, just because it's a job, they're not going to mess with you. But what you said about the pay, <clears throat> I don't understand it. I don't understand how you don't pay the people. Like you said, we're molding the, the the future. Every day we dealing with your bad kids, your smart mouth kids. <laughs> we dealing with your problems. Yeah. We dealing with your smart mouth because you because you want to come in and be this way. We gotta uh, not making enough. Then gotta get a second job. Then if you got your own kids, you might forget about they they education because well, you over you tired of school. You don't want to do nothing when you get home. Like yeah, literally no, every right. day. I was mentally drained. I needed a nap. Yeah. It didn't have to be like a long 30 to an hour, 30 minutes to an hour. I needed a nap because I was mentally drained. It's like, I don't I don't want to look at this computer, but I need to yeah, for my own business. Mm -hmm. But this school didn't drain. Or the kids, they won today. Yeah. And people yeah. don't realize what teachers go through. It ain't just, make, then you got to do curriculum. Go to boring PDs and deal with all this other stuff. People, and we get the bare minimum pay. Oh, yeah. There's layers and layers of this work. That's what I always tell people. But, but you know, um, people always ask, like, how can I help? And I do encourage anybody, like, connect to a school. Mm -hmm. You know, go be involved. Go volunteer. Do something that um, outside of your day-to-day -day because you have to be able to put yourselves in the shoes of those who do it daily. Mm -hmm. And then you also, too, I think that also brings awareness as to why People are leaving the profession, you know, because they are. And like you said, it takes it takes a lot. It really does. And like I said, I taught for 15 years, and I love the work. I will tell anybody, I, hands down, the joy I have in the classroom, I light up. I really do because it's, it, it is my time to be extremely creative. It's my time to bring energy to the children. And it, it's a stage. Like, you know, you, you give your best performance for them. And you never level uh, lower the level of expectation. And I do think that that is something that is happening right now. Um, because, again, even if you're not, your, your lean may not be, uh, you may not be, uh, you, do, you didn't walk into the space as in, uh, you know, your first choice of profession was education. You have to recognize, like, those pieces are important in order to do this work well. And you definitely have to make sure that you understand that you got to have yourself regulated, too. <laughs> uh, you know, before you give yourself to students, because all of those things, like you said, your emotions will come out. You being tired comes out. You know, you thinking about your own household, like what you got to do with your kids, especially the involved in activities. Oh, you know, that's another lean that, you know, we're really involved into now. So, you know, shifting multiple hats and, you know, just trying to do it right. And I, I think the hard part is, is that people know the answers, but they're not making the answers um, become a reality yeah. and I think that's sad because 
we would have way more people still in the work. Yes, if, you, if, you pay, if the pay was worth it, oh, yeah. you paying us just barely to make it, and then we going through all this. No, and then, yeah. then if teachers got ideas or, oh yeah, like, no, we should do it. This is how the curriculum, because especially if you're a charter school and you pay by somebody, you got to do it this way. But I think <clears throat> there needs to be different roles. Like, everybody don't need to be a, necessarily a teacher like the English, like there needs to be different roles in schools to teach kids to get ready for life. Agreed. Because Agreed. that those few classes that you, as long as you learn how to read, write, math, you good for the most part. There's certain stuff that you need to learn or whatever. But I feel like there's different roles that people, especially people of color, need to be in in the room or in the school mm -hmm. to help. Not necessarily a discipline. Not even somebody that you don't even have to have a degree, but you good with like you good with kids. You can come in and maybe have a workshop or a session just to, to, to get the kids because kids really, even though it be seeming like they don't, kids love those after school programs yes, and do. stuff. They, they might. Oh, I don't like it. They show up. No, I, I did an after school right. program. They You're show right. up. You hear other kids talking about you now because they because kids, you know, you doing right. I think it's just other ways we can get people involved in schools, but they. It's enough money. Money printed every day. If you're listening, I'm going to put the clip out. I need to give teachers more money. Yeah. Like, for real. Teachers, administrators, everybody, janitor, everybody that works in the school and deal with your, kid, with your kids. The people that make the money. It's somebody that deal with your kids. Give them more money. You give money to all this other stuff, to building this, to building that. Yeah. But if you took of teachers, if every teacher was just to go on strike, what would you do? Well, I mean, there there's ways, but what I mean, would you it do? has happened. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, the sad part about it is, um, there are states that has happened, and then I think also too, um, the pandemic was shut down, and if nothing surprised anybody then, that should have been an eye opener because, like I said, in my day to day, um, I do serve the regular schools for Indiana Charter School Board, and so we now have forty um, schools honored, four amazing leaders. Um, who who truly give this work every day, and many good friends that are school leaders and teachers, and um, and also leaders in this work. But they'll tell you firsthand, parents really got a true understanding of what it was like to have to be able <laughs> to educate your child every day, yeah. and you had to do your job. So, if 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 you had to say like what was a test, that experience should have been a test to the world. Because if you recognize how much you struggle just as someone who doesn't work in the profession, think about what we have to do every day and what yeah. we do every day. Yeah. That is literally it. Yeah. You literally, I mean, even for, I mean, there's been times where you have many educators, you don't want to call off work because you don't have days. So your child may have to come to your, your classroom and sit up under your desk. And, but that was what was happening, right? Yeah. But, but it also put us in perspective of what matters the most. Mm -hmm. And we do love our children. And I'll tell you, I, I always put my students like my children because they know that but you really had to like balance out who matters more yep you know the people that I, I brought into this world that i'm you know that are mine that i'm responsible for or is it a job and so i think that i, I honestly I, I said that at one point i was like people understood who was in the pandemic but do they really understand what was supposed to come out of this experience you know because many jobs did shift but education is one that did not. Mm -hmm. You know, we are still in five days, you know, and we do have, I mean, and to attest to what you were saying about the support from outside um, um, resources, lots of, I'm, I'm honored to know a lot of nonprofit organizations, leaders, leaders that are trying to immerse themselves into schools with financial literacy. You know, students being able to understand just the basic life skills. Yeah. And we do need that because many of our children don't receive that support. And they don't know where to get it from or how to start. But I, and I preface when we first started that I do appreciate Indianapolis because there are so many resources here. It's insane. It is insane. Um, <laughs> there's something for everybody. But I think the thing that people don't realize is people's availability to those resources. Yeah. Because yes, there's everything, and like you said, there's money being printed every day and there's money being thrown out. But how many people actually take time to take those things into the school or give their time and say, hey? I do want to run a club. I do want to run a school program. And there are schools that are flexible in those spaces that will allow for, for partnerships to come in. But I think we have to really recognize, too, the focus, the focus of children. What are the needs of the kids? And that's from, from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade, and even for many of my schools, adult high schools, that want support, that want guidance, you know, that need it, that, that yearn for it. But I think it's just relationships that are not being 
um, developed that need to be, just like us. The blessing only being, right? Yeah. And that's why I tell anybody, if you know me, you know, like, who's like, you you know, you're everywhere. But I'm everywhere because I recognize that there are so many needs that happen here. And most of the time, I'm at a lot of places because I'm getting resources back from my schools or my community. Um, I'm also, too, a board member for Leading the Ladies. That's one of my one of my major passions. Uh, one of my former parents, she started a mentoring program, and, and I taught her daughter. And so just... Yeah, I know. Uh, I had her on. Yeah, it's a tiny brown. And so even opportunities like that is just powerful because it's it is like we're we're trying to, to triage the needs of our community. And it's like just let us. Yeah. You know? If it, if if there's so much fight between what happens in the day to day education, allow those entities to come in and provide support. Because they are there. And we are trying to rebuild and bring something different to our kids. Our kids deserve it, y'all. Our kids yes. <laughs> we gotta be willing to want to do it yeah and like you said there's got to be like there's different programs and schools are hesitant to do it or whatever you just got to figure out that way of getting in there because i remember my mom putting me in different stuff in school and it, like i'm like why in the world is i'm I, what was it focus on the future it was and i'm like man why is it this the crazy thing everything she put me in i do yep mentor program yep, yep, yep. uh entrepreneur all that different stuff yep. because i got to see something different because when because the world we live in now nobody really want to go to a job you don't really got to you can go on youtube university and <laughs> sign up now and you can learn something and you could be making money depending on what it is, this is true. so it's like education is important um, but we got to teach self-education because kids think, oh, I graduated. I don't got to right. learn. No, That's you right. dumb if you think you don't got to learn because yeah, you got to learn every right. day. We are two different ages. Every day we learn something different. Yes, we we learn something new because if you don't learn, if you don't keep educating yourself, you're going to be stuck. So it's like That's right. the school. I get the school system, but you got to put stuff in there where they understand how to get past that because like you got parents we got to work two three jobs we might not be able to to help our kids in a certain way but if you got the place that they go eight hours out today and you show them this is how you could start a podcast this is how you could do this this is how you could do this the world would change it would be less violence because kids go everybody love making money you show somebody how to make the money and and then they see the money coming they gonna make the money because it's just like when you sell drugs you you Put a kid out there, hey, here, you go sell that, you're going to get this. Oh, oh, okay, I can make this amount of money. You do the same thing in a positive way, that's going to happen. You so, the same, that's right. You'll, you'll even better results. Yeah, I even better. Yeah. I do. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I, um, I, I pray on this daily, I really do, that, you know, the world will continue to shift and see something different. Because, again, our, our kids, and you know this all too well, like you said, just the opportunity of them with social media to the positive, yeah. but their exposure to things so early oh, and they're so smart, and they they can pick up multiple talents and do so much so much stuff, and they do they really do a lot of them have many advantages that we didn't have. Yeah. Their age, and I'm like, I wish somebody did tell me I could start an LLC. You know, the sophisticated diva would have been out there yeah. a long time ago. But you know, when we when we were younger though. People had businesses, but they didn't have the paperwork. Correct. They yeah. Didn't have, like, we was a, we was unofficial official. Yes. And, that, and see, that's yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. now we're in the times yeah. of you can't yeah. be official. It's not even. It's not as hard as it may no, seem. Like it wasn't. when I got <clears throat> when I got my LLC, you know, people all oh, congrats. I'm like, this wasn't that hard to do. Yeah. Like you just gotta have a plan and go do it. That's right. And sometimes I think we looking for celebrities. We're looking for famous people. And there's people in the community, like a school. We are the celebrities. Yeah, are, it could be because so it could be oh, well, who just giving a name and uh, Mike Epps, oh he's in town. Let's have him come to the kids. You got somebody that's doing that, pouring in, boom. But you would overlook him because he don't might not have as many followers or whatever. I think we got to. But they got to go back to how he started. Yeah. How did Mike Epps become Mike Epps? Yeah. And also too recognize like even for him. He doesn't forget about his home. Nope. He's doing so, a movie here. My yeah, buddy, he's uh, he's an extra in the movie because they doing it at our, uh, um, uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to say a word. I don't know. He's not even a part <laughs> of it. Too many later yeah. on, right? But yeah, he was a part of it and he's doing it in different locations and yeah. stuff of that sort. So it's really cool to see somebody like that. But then you have people in the community that's like that. So you should reach them. Agreed. Or And me and you talked about this on the phone. And like here in Indianapolis, like 
it don't matter who, where they came from, who who they grew up with, who they mom is. It's just if somebody doing something positive, just do work with them. Yeah. If they're if they got the right character, if they got the right integrity, just work with them. It don't gotta be somebody you knew or they that's in a right. clique. Just work with them people because oh, yeah. that can change the world. Cause that's that's how we teaching our kids. If you don't really look at it, oh, I don't mess with them because my homie don't mess yeah, with them. Yeah. And then they act that way. It's like, that ain't, your homie ain't got nothing to do no. with me. Can your homie help me get some money? Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry y'all not cool, but I'm about to hang with them. So and you missing out on a good person. Yeah. Just think about it. Yeah. Just us. I'm just so grateful. Like, even connecting with you through, like you said, through LinkedIn and, and actually taking the time to reach out to somebody. But you don't realize people, too, miss out on so many blessings when you don't take a leap of faith sometimes. Yep. And I, I never say, um, I always say that nothing is done by chance. Yep. Like everything always happens the way it's supposed to. And I love alignment. And I, it really, uh, for me, connecting more during the pandemic because like even for my business, uh, a lot of uh, amazing entrepreneurs I met out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Several Facebook groups says, what do you have to do? You had time to build yourself yep. or figure out what your new hobby is because you were at home and you were not necessarily bored, but it was like, I can't go outside. But technically, it was time for you to think and process what should your next step be. And many of those organizations and many of those businesses were amazing. And I tell anybody today, and many of the people who support my business are people I did not know. And I'm grateful. That's, that's where you get so your most support oh, from. Yeah. It's from, not from nobody. You know. We've it's never not. met each other, yeah. but I, yeah. we, when you listen, you be like, dang, they've been knowing each other for a minute. Nope, this uh, we have one conversation yes. on the yeah. phone. Yes, and like, uh, like you just said, you got to be able to. Like I just lost my thought. I don't know why. What you come back? Yeah. But just cause, I mean, be okay with my building connections with people. No. That you oh know. yeah, building connections. I know what it was. It was. God wanted us to sit down. Yes, yes. Like we were doing all this different stuff, yes, and He just wanted us to sit down. Uh, don't you can't go nowhere because if you think about it, more entrepreneurs, more people were business owners was built during the pandemic yes, because yes. you didn't have nothing else to do. Or like I got, um, but you had time to think. Yeah, yeah that was what your think. season was. Yeah. It was time for you to slow and down and think. Are you are you doing your is your day to day purposeful? Yeah, you know, are you walking to somebody else's vision? Or should you be walking to your own business? Yep. You know, I, and I do. And I think it, it I also pushed out a lot of, like, um, release of frustrations. Mm -hmm. Because people were frustration, frustrated with their day-to-day -day yeah. on somebody else's job. Yeah. And I, <laughs> oh, I, I love, for myself, personally, I love pandemic. I made a lot of money. I was able to do things. Yeah. I only Good thing I didn't. No, I didn't. Because I had just got divorced right before. But it was a transition. It was a new yeah. season. And then... Know. And then I was by myself. I'm like, okay, I like to talk to people. Like my son, you know, we had to figure that out of him coming over. But yeah, it was like by myself. And I really, that's when I found who I wanted to be and what I was supposed to be. But one thing with the pandemic, though, some kids, it hurt them. Because like you were saying, it just kept, I was thinking in my head because my son, he was a pandemic. He started school in a pandemic, kindergarten. He didn't have a kindergarten Same. graduation. Yeah. First grade, he didn't go to school. Second grade, he finally think maybe in the middle of the year. Yeah, th this first, this yeah. last school year was his first year all the way in school. Yeah. And it's like, as parents, I feel somewhat like, dang, I didn't. Maybe I didn't help him as much because he struggles in certain in one area in school. And it's like, maybe, well, how did I notice that? But then you get caught up in life, and then that makes you sit back as yeah. a parent, like I can't be helping. Y'all kids and I ain't helping my kids. Right. So I think that pandemic helped a lot of people, hurt some people, but it was a way for you to figure out what you need to do. Because everybody's not meant to go to a job, but everybody's not meant to be an entrepreneur either. You got to mix the two together. And that's how you help the kids. I think more people, they need to not look at how someone looks and bring people in because that's how a kid's going to look. Just because a person got tattoos and all this That's stuff, right. it's going to be some little little men, man, little, little, they're going to have all the little tattoos and all that, and they're going to want to be able to have a job and go. Because when I was younger, it's like, you got a tattoo. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. You got the big piercings? Yeah. Oh, you'll never get a job. Uh, yeah. Why not? Or even think about names. You'd be like, why would you name your child that? Now, if you create your own stuff, you can do That's whatever correct. with your name. Hair, everything. Yeah, oh, but yeah. But yeah, everything name, against yeah. it that could be put, used as like a distraction of the fact that I'm like, hey, I'm actually talented. I can yeah. do the work. 
and let's focus on the why I have the job. Yeah. You know, you know, your your um, personality shines when you're able to be yourself. Yep. That's how you show up for the work, but that's a distraction. Like, no, I could do, do the work. Yeah. Despite what somebody else may say, the appearance may be. And we're showing our children, too, that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be unique. It's okay to stand out. You're not supposed to look like somebody else. We're not uh, traditional. Like, that, that's not how we're created. No. We're not. Yeah. And I, I'm always, yeah, I'm a, uh, India, she told me to pray about some stuff because traditional that's stuff, right. I just don't. I just don't rock with a lot of traditional stuff of how things go because I think when you think outside the box on certain stuff, it'll it'll help. Because um, for me, I look different than everybody. So when I go to a basketball court, they like, oh, he can't hoop. Okay, that's fine. You, you can think that. But then right. when they see, oh, wow. and then I always wonder if kids or people around me ever notice how hard it is for me to do stuff, even though it looks easy to the outside eye. But like, if I play, like when I played basketball, I remember I coached, and these girls like, I can't do. I said, you can't do what? You got your full length of arms, mm -hmm. and you can't do what? Mm -hmm. I have less length and a lot of struggles with hand mobility, and you can't do what? So it's like, you look at somebody else's mm -hmm. hard, and then you like, I can go do that. Because everybody looks at the bright lights. They look at, oh, look at Steph Curry. He can make all these shots. Look at LeBron. Right. He's LeBron from the projects. He was raised by a single mother. So you can't look at, oh, I, you can't look at my journey as like, oh, or you could be like, dang, he going through something. So my little, what I thought I was going through ain't something. That's or the right. same thing with you. Like somebody losing their parent. I ain't never lost it. Well, I lost my dad, my biological dad when I was four. I didn't know him. But if I lost my mom, I would I, I would have to go to somebody that yeah. has had that. Sometimes people, you'll deal with something, you'll... You going through a divorce, not you, but somebody going through a divorce and they talking to single people. Yeah. Or your marriage messed up. What? No, you go talk to the right yeah. people and don't look at somebody because they, or don't not go to somebody because they look a certain way. Because homeless know. people can give you some advice that you never know. Because well, they can be like, they hey, well, I did this, did it, and I shouldn't have done this. And you don't do that and you won't end up there. So it oh, yeah. shouldn't look, don't go off appearance, go off people's heart. It don't and, matter if black, white, Asian, wherever they are. Because the person's heart is going to tell you more than anything. It's just like if you look at a person and they got, they going through life and they maybe doing drugs, selling drugs, whatever, but they praying to God, they telling him his heart. God ain't looking at them. Well, you sold that 10 pack of weed, uh, 10 um, diamond weed today. I'm, I'm not going to mess with you. No, he's going to be like, okay, I understand your heart. Right. So I'm going to help you. And that's the same thing with people. Stop looking at people on the outside. Look at people on the inside. Because everybody on the outside, everything that's beautiful ain't beautiful. Sometimes it's ugly. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, that's so funny you say that because that's actually, um, the heart is one of, pearl heart that is, is one of the symbols in my business because I'm rooted in that. Uh, rooted in love and also caring about the heart of others. I completely agree with that. And I think that we have to sometimes get off of our high horse and humble ourselves because many times people get a shot and they forget what it was like when they struggled mm -hmm. or they forget when it's like when they have had hardship or to endure things that, you know, even our children may have endured. Humble yourself. Like, we got to go back to the things that matter the most. And again, I do think we are in a season of things are coming back full circle. The things that matter the most and the things that work well or what's coming back to the fold. And that's where it's kind of like make or break with people because people, that is a space that people didn't want to step into. Mm -hmm. um, because even in the, in the work that we do, especially as in the education space, it's not easy work. Mm -hmm. You know, it is rewarding work when done well. But if you set that bar of excellence back to where it should have been to begin with, we will recognize that it's smooth sailing because we cannot dumb down anything for our children. And because we have to look at who is the ones that are suffering. You know, and it's our children who can show up and do the most. They just have life struggles that are uh, happening beyond their control. They yeah. can't, you know, in anything. Like you said too, and I, I will definitely say that. I grew up in a, a single parent home, mother raising three girls, and you know, I lost my mom the senior year of my high school. Um, well, the summer of my high school graduation actually, and so transitioning to my new season in life, I was like, I can't. You know, she would not have wanted me to stop. You know, you can't quit. And I do, I'm do. i a firm believer. I always said, don't quit. And anything that you do, see it through, don't quit. And if you need time, take time. 
If you need space, take space. If you need a mentor or somebody to talk to you, to pour into you, like I said, do something to fill your cup, but don't quit because it, you, you don't ever want to give up on an opportunity and you don't know your purpose, what you're walking into is somebody else's blessing as well. And so it's so funny because, we, you know, we just talked about shout out New Beginnings uh, Fellowship Church, but we talked about, um, you know, just the seasons of um, Bible study not too long ago. Your purpose is not your purpose. And that has become my new saying, shout out Pastor Mo um, and uh, uh, Pastor Jackson. But our season and our purpose is not our purpose. It's what we do is to to set up for someone else. Yep. And I'm specific in that even with just around like how I operate with students yep. and, and families and you know anybody that I meet because you don't know what that conversation to somebody is gonna do for them. You know, you may have just talked somebody down the ledge. You might have talked somebody from suicide. You know, you may have encouraged somebody else to want to become an entrepreneur. You may have encouraged somebody else to want to do a podcast. Because this is, I was so excited to even do this with you because I was like, I use it. You know, you go live on your phone, but it's like, it's real special when you get to sit down and just talk. Yeah. And that's why I even love the the name, the underdog. Like, that's, that's, you know, and it's a lot of underdogs walking around here. And it's a lot of underdogs in the city that really feel like, nobody's hearing them or they haven't gotten their shot. So Eric, I'm going to shout you out for allowing us to have a platform to be able to get our shot or to be able just to share transparency because we're not the ideal people that people choose, but yeah. we are here doing the work. Yep. That, that is, that's it. That's what the underdog is. I think for it's me, I just been the underdog since birth because when I was born, the doctors didn't even know what, it was born in the 80s. They're like, oh, we never seen this. So I just took that to heart that I'm really the underdog. And I'm never, like you like you said, you can't quit because there's people watching you. Like, like my kids watch me and my, I remember my daughter like checked me once. It was like, you, you asked me to do this, but I'm watching you and you not doing what you said. And it's like, ooh, okay. I got to do this because, cause like you said, your purpose ain't, like, I don't, I wasn't born this way for me. You think I want to be born and have all these surgeries and all, it's for the, the future, it's for my kids and, and it's kids in the world to see somebody going through something and they can get through it by having perseverance and having heart and putting God uh, in their life. So it's always like, that's one of the reasons you can't give up because when you understand, especially if you're doing something to leave an impact, you understand it's not about you. It's never if, oh, if, yeah. if it's about you, then you're in the wrong field. That's right. Like it don't even matter. It really nothing that you really do is for you it's not. per se. Like it's certain it's the desires. something else or yeah. someone. It's for somebody else. Oh yeah. Because by the time you finish doing all that, you die. <laughs> yeah. And it don't and, it, you and know? as I'm thinking, I'm thinking about yeah, all kinds of like it's not even for you. So it's like when you do something for somebody, don't bring it back up. That's right. Just let them go. Just let it. You did it because you supposed to. You did it because you loved them. You did it because you love to help somebody else out. Like this is a. I don't know. We was all. We went all over, and then we kind of we um, we was on education. Then we kind of got a little uh, life going. Um, I usually ask three tips. I'm trying to think what area I want you to get these tips in. Mm -hmm. um, for educators, people in education. What are three tips that they can do to make their school year better when the school year comes up? Oh, sure. Build relationships. Uh, the value of a bond is uh, everlasting, and it will set you up for success. <laughs> it really will. Um, so I definitely say take the time to build relationships, and that is for teachers and for uh, administrators, any staff member. Build relationships and get to know the person for the person. Uh, despite what you may have heard, whatever their background may be. Um, I think it's always in, uh, important to never stop learning. Be a lifelong learner. Always continue to pour more into yourself, uh, whether that be get more certifications. You know, go to a professional development that fills your bucket uh, because you don't know what your season might be. And, you know, I tell anybody, I always woke up saying that I was going to be a teacher for 30 years, and God said something different. So I follow his plan. And his plan is, is uh, way better than what I could have ever came up with because I would still be in the four walls. And that had its place during that time. And if I didn't carry out his will, I couldn't be able to impact as many people as I have now uh, and still love the work. So um, definitely, like I said, continue to expand and grow and build yourself. Uh, and I think the last one, too, is um, just the love for the work. Like, 
we got to get back to the heart of loving what we do. And uh, education is a space where that can happen. And I think um, it's sad because people have to be careful on how they show up. Because if you bring your frustrations about things that you can't control onto children, they take on your energy. And so if they see that you're, you don't seem excited about the work, then they feel like, okay, why do you even want me here? You know, and we got to be careful with that because, as you said, they are watching us. And so we have to remember that if we want to be the change that we desire uh, for communities and for the world, we have to do things differently. And I think that is going to be the, the deal breaker for where we are in education right now. I love those. I love those three tips. Um, let everyone know, well, before I always give people their flowers, I appreciate everything that you do. Um, you're a dope individual. Keep keep doing what you've been doing, especially with the school system, because um, working in the school system and seeing people that are in administration or higher ranking, they don't necessarily care. And I can tell that you care just from the, our conversation, just watching your expression, talking about kids. So I'm glad that you do care because there's people in power that don't care and they just think it as a job and just go through the motions and don't care about where the kids are going to be after they leave the school. So thank you for that. Um, tell people how they can reach you. Sure. So I am on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Well, Facebook under my name, Sherry Scott, but also on Facebook under my business, The Sophisticated Diva. Uh, and also uh, I am on LinkedIn, Sherry Scott. And on Instagram, I am uh, NobleHeart1913. And I'm also The Sophisticated Diva. So always available. And then my website, um, thesophisticateddiva.myshopify.com. Um, That's how you can catch me. Question 1913, which I am a Delta. Uh, uh, I am a member. I'm glad I didn't say yes. what I was thinking. I was thinking the other yes, one. I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. A uh, shout out to my home chapter, Delta Rome Chapter, Albany State University, Albany, Georgia, and the Indianapolis Alumni Chapter. So honored to serve you too. No, my sister's an AKA. So Come on now. Love to my D9 sister. But no, I just, I knew when you said that what that was. I knew, I couldn't remember what. Which one was 1913, but that's dope. Um, we need a quote. We need a quote and then like a little closing oh, word. Like, for yeah, sure. You know, little, I don't know, whatever you feel comes to your heart, but I need a quote. It could be your quote. It could be a quote from somebody else, whatever. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it is truly uh, what's on my LinkedIn page and is one that I follow daily. Uh, Nelson Mandela, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. That is my staple every day. And my goal is always to remember that the work that I do is a weapon and it is powerful. And so that is how you can knock down uh, negativity. That's how you can knock down naysayers, um, those who don't believe in our kids, that don't think things are possible. Um, if you continue to gain knowledge and read and learn, uh, which is what society does not want from us, uh, you're a game changer. So you can change the world. That is my quote. And on that note, keep being great. Have a great day. Y'all take care. I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family.